Folks, what I'd like you to do today is I'd like you to turn in your Bibles to Colossians. We're, we're actually winding down in Colossians. We maybe have a few more weeks here. Um, two more weeks after this, we should be done with this letter. But we're in Colossians chapter 4. Uh, we're going to look at verses 2 through 6 today. So this is actually, I hope, been a really good lesson for you as we've been going through that. Our, our title is Our Life with Christ. And you and I, because of our salvation, because we know Jesus Christ, we've put our faith and trust in him alone, and he has saved us, we have entered into a new relationship with him. The Spirit of God lives within us. We have a relationship with Christ. We, as, if, as Colossians would say, we are hidden in Christ. We are new people. And with that, we have a new relationship with him, and that new relationship should be lived out of our lives. And, and we've seen that, that we don't have to live our lives by rules or regulations, but rather by the relationship. You do what you do because of your love for Christ. That guides you. Because sometimes, as we've seen, and hopefully if you've seen this as you've looked through the, through the Gospels, that those who do just religious actions... That doesn't mean that they have a relationship with God. Just because they all do the right thing doesn't mean they have a relationship with God. In fact, some of Jesus' harshest criticisms were leveled at those who actually looked like they had their act together as far as what they were doing for God. But the problem, their hearts weren't right. And that's really the issue. God wants you to be somebody different. He wants you to be somebody new in him because of the relationship. And that happens because he transforms you from the inside out. He transforms you from the inside out. So today we're going to talk about with that new relationship, you and I need to have a focused life. There needs to be a focus for how we live our lives. There needs to be a manner in which we proceed as Christians because of the new relationship with Christ. So, but the problem is, is really, to be honest with you, we just kind of go along with the course of life. What do you mean by that? Well, I'll give you two points here to help you to understand what I'm talking about. This is how we live our lives. This is how George lives his life, okay? We, we tend to live our lives on autopilot. You know what I'm saying? We tend to live our lives on autopilot. If we're perfectly honest with ourselves, if you were to examine your week, okay, so tomorrow's Monday. A lot of you got work tomorrow. So you know what time you're getting up. You know if you're going to the gym before that or not. You know what your schedule is when you get up in the morning. You got your routine down. Some of you, the first thing you do is make sure you go get that coffee, then get your shower, then check who's trying to contact you, or maybe that's the first thing you do, is checking to see who tried to contact you on your phone. And then you drive to work, you listen to the same station or whatever it is that you listen to, you go through the same routine at work, you go when, you know when your lunch is, you know when you're good home, you know what your day is going to be, and then Tuesday comes. Same thing over. And, and it's like one week blends into the other, except for the occasional rain or snow shower or whatever's happening or birthday or whatever and so our lives are pretty much the same so so a lot of times we just live on autopilot so that means when i live on autopilot i just do the same thing every day and sometimes it doesn't need even thought process on my part to know exactly how to what i'm supposed to do i mean it's it's interesting you know i i get laughed at because i go to walmart a lot 
okay? In fact, I guess I go to Walmart so much. The other day, Lori and I were going somewhere, and I just turned into Walmart. You ever done that? And, and she says, why are we going to Walmart? I don't know. It was just the habit. You know what I'm saying? I'm on autopilot. I'm going to Walmart. You know, so I turned around, and we went where we were supposed to go. You know, we do that, right? We're on autopilot. But here's the problem with autopilot. It's not just what we do, it's how we act, how we talk to others. Do you understand? Everything's on autopilot in our lives, not just the actions of the day, the routine, but we get in autopilot with how we act towards each other and what we say to each other. Do you, do you know what I mean? And so here, here's the thing. Our relationship with Christ, here's the second point, our relationship with Christ calls us to be focused in our everyday lives. See, now that you're somebody new because Jesus has entered into your life, he's, he's done away with the old, the old you has died, you're a new you now, your life needs to be focused your life needs to be focused as far as how you live your life. And today we're going to actually talk about two different areas that you're supposed to focus your life on. And let me just tell you, it isn't inward. Because you're already focused inward. Because what do you mean inward and I'm already focused there? Well, to be honest with you, when we're on autopilot, we're only thinking about ourselves. So our focus is only on us. And what we have to do and the comfort of ourselves and how we want to feel in a situation and how we want to do something. So our focus can't be inward. He's actually calling us to be focused in two other directions. So look with me. It's going to be up on the screen. We're going to look today. We're going to look at verses 2 through 6. And he's going to call to you and I and tell us how we should be focusing our lives. Look with me at verse 2. Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Meanwhile, praying also for us that God would open to us a door for the, for the word to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in chains, that I may make manifest as I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom towards those who are outside, redeeming the time let your speech always be with grace seasoned with salt that you may know how you ought to answer each one okay so when you look at this he's going to tell us that if we're going to have a focused life here it needs to be focused in two directions i've already told you it's not to be focused inward but here's the directions that we're going to look at we need to be focused upward, and he's going to tell us how that is, upward towards God, and outward, how we interact with each other, especially how you interact with those who are not believers, those who don't know Jesus. And, uh, and if we're normal, if we're not living in a cloister somewhere just by ourselves, we're interacting with people every day who don't know Jesus, right? Every day we come in contact with people. They may be family. They may be people that we work with. They may be a neighbor. 
who don't know Jesus Christ. So it's telling you how you are to be outward as well as upward. But you notice something. He's not telling you how to be inward. I think that's significant, isn't it? But if we were honest with ourselves, George will be honest for a moment. I think more about myself than anything else. Just being honest with you. But I think I can be honest because that's where all of us are at, right? It's about what I want. And it's about me. I mean, you know, it's still a saying in my house every once in a while. It's all about you, Dad. It's all about you. So now when we make decisions, I've just learned to be quiet so that I can't be accused of it's all about me. Well, and when I get ticked off, because it's all about me, right? That's why he's telling us not to be inward. So let's take a look at it. We're going to look, first of all, at outward. An upward focus. Upward focus. Look with me at verse 2 through 4. And I think it's interesting. We already know what he means by upward focus here because he tells us. Look at verse 2. He says this. Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. All right, here's the first thing I want you to see. You're, you are called to devote yourself to talking with God. You're called to devote yourself to talking with God. What do you mean talking with He said prayer. That's what prayer is. Prayer's just the religious term that we use to, to designate talking with God. So when he says here, meanwhile, he says continue earnestly. So that means you're making an effort. You are devoting yourself to talk with him. But that just makes sense, doesn't it? How many marriage relationships continue to exist where the two people don't talk to each other? How far does a teenager go if he's, quote, getting in a relationship with someone and they ignore the other person? They don't even talk to them. I never tell you, it tanks. It goes nowhere. Relationships need, are you ready for this, interaction. And the relationship with God needs what? Interaction. And so here you are, you are a believer in Jesus Christ. Get your eyes off of yourself and first of all, start with what? Looking upward, focusing upward. How? Talking to God about everything. Everything. Because to be honest with you, he's probably the best person you can talk to about anything, right? Or maybe you need to learn that. Hey, listen, have you ever said, oh, I wish I could talk to somebody about this. I just don't have anyone to talk to about this issue or this problem. Nobody seems to understand. Ever talk to somebody and they'll say, oh, yeah, 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 I understand. And you realize as you're talking to them and as they are saying to you, oh, yeah, I understand. You're thinking in the back of your mind, you have no clue. You're just telling me that to make me feel good, but you don't know what I'm going through. Listen, there's somebody who knows far better than anyone about what you're going through and how you're feeling he knows beyond. I mean, there's stuff that you don't even know about yourself. He knows everything, and he's saying to you, talk to me. 
Prepare your soul to me. Devote yourself to talk to me. Here's what he says. Second thing I want you to see. We saw it there in verse 2. He says, your prayers need to be marked by awareness and thanksgiving. Awareness. Look at what he says here, verse 2. He says in the New King James, being vigilant in it. Vigilant has the concept of being alert. When you pray, you need to have an awareness, an awareness of what's going on around you, an awareness of what's going around you in people's lives. I have to say that a lot of times we don't do that. Well, let's pray for the missionaries. God bless the missionaries. But we have no clue what they're going through. God bless so-and-so in the church, but you've not taken time to find out what's going on in their lives, how they're handling it. You know, I've gotten to the place, maybe it's because I'm getting older now. You know, sometimes when you're older, you just say things now, and people just expect you to say things, okay? So, so now it, it just comes out of me, so I, I ask people, how are you handling that? Before... They tell me their problem, and I say, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll pray for you. Now I've gotten to the place where, okay, how are you personally handling that? What are you doing with that? How's that affecting you? I take it one step further so that now when I pray, I can say to them, I'm really praying for you, and I have a little bit more of an awareness. Do you understand? I have an alertness to what's going on in your life. See, when we pray, when we talk to God, you need to be alert about what's going on around you, what's happening, what's happening in your life, what's happening in other people's lives. It's got to be more than just nothingness in our prayers. And let's be honest, a lot of times our prayers are nothingness. How do you know that, George? Have you ever prayed, spent time with God, 30 minutes later you forgot what you talked to him about? Or you're at the table. We want to say a blessing. So we say the blessing. Two bites in. Did we pray? Done that. Been there. Do you understand? He's calling us to have an upward focus. We, are, we have a relationship with the awesome God. But then he also adds in something here that I think is very interesting. Not just that we are alert in our prayers, but that we also express thanksgiving. Well, gosh, George, you know, when I'm going through it, I'm going to be honest with you, it's kind of hard to be thankful. Oh, God, thank you for the problem. I don't know that I could do that. Well, that's really not what he's talking about here. I think it's interesting. He always, with prayer, talks about Thanksgiving. So think about Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So with the supplication, you give thanks. Well, what do I give thanks for? Because right now I got nothing to be thankful about because it's just terrible. How can I be? I don't want this to happen. How can I be thankful? Here's what you can be thankful for always. I got you, God. I got you to lean on. 
I'm thankful I got you to lean on. Haven't you done that with a friend? You're going through it and you're just thankful that that friend who's there because they're not asking anything of you, they're there to support you and you're just thankful that sometimes they don't even say anything, they're just there. And you're thankful for that person. This is what we're talking about when we're thankful for God. When we pray, it's not just that we're alert of whatever's going on. We're also like, God, I am so thankful that I have you. Nobody else understands. Nobody else cares. Oh, they say they do. But that's Thanksgiving. Having God. Here's the third thing we see here. It's interesting. When you have an upward focus and you get your eyes off of yourself and you're alert to what's happening around other people and you are thankful, look at what Paul asks them to do, verses 3 and 4. He says this, Meanwhile, praying also for us, that God would open to us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in chains, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. What's he talking about? Here's the third thing. You need to pray for opportunities to share Jesus Christ with others. You need to pray for opportunities to share Jesus Christ. He's saying, praying always for me. I'm Paul, the guy who, who, who's doing the work. I'm, I'm the guy who's out there sharing. Give, pray that God gives me opportunities to tell more people about Jesus so they can enter into the same relationship, so that they can have that newness of life because they have Christ. See, and it's almost natural that they would pray that way because if they're alert, if they're vigilant in a prayer, and they're aware of what's going on around them, they're looking at what's going on around them and they're realizing our world needs Jesus. The people in my life whose lives are going nowhere need Jesus. God, would you give me opportunities? Lord, would you, here's one of the ways I pray. God, would you bring someone across their path today? Would you bring someone across their path today and just allow them to somehow speak to them about Jesus, even if it's just a word, or even if it's just to say, I'm praying for you? God, would you open up a door in my loved one's life? See, this is, this is an outward focus. I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I think a lot of times today in our age of rage, we're so inward focused, we've forgotten about other people around us. And I'm just talking about Christians. Unsaved people are going to act like unsaved people. But believers, we're called to pray. And pray that God would be merciful to us and those who live around us. So we have an upward focus but then he moves on now and he talks about an outward focus isn't it interesting it's one thing to just oh i'm praying i'm praying but he's also calling you to do something yourself as how you interact with others so notice with me verses five and six five and six here it is walk in wisdom towards those outside redeeming the time 
Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. All right, so here's what we're going to do. Three things. First one, you need to be wise in how you act with others. You need to be wise in how you act with others. See, here's the thing. When you're on autopilot, you just kind of go with the flow. And you make excuses for it. I'm German. I'm this. I'm that. And you don't know my family. And I just, here's the other one. I just say it like it is. Sometimes that's not wisdom. That's an excuse. I just called it like I see it. Really? How about if you were on the receiving end of that all the time? Did you understand what I'm saying? And, and the reality is, is listen, I, I'm going to share something. You might be shocked by this. When you interact with somebody, it's not just you they see anymore. When you interact with them, it's a whole faith that they see. You, you won't believe how many people through the years now will say, oh, so-and-so, yeah, I know so-and-so. He says he's a Christian, but I know the truth. Oh, you're a Christian? I know so-and-so. Look at what he does. And it stains the rest of us. See, the reality is, is you need to act wisely in how you live your life and how you interact with people. So sometimes we've got to bite our tongue. Do people, first of all, do my nerves get plucked? Yes. Telemarketers, but get a grip George we need to get a grip we need to act wisely do you understand be wise with how we act with others we need to think outwardly, not just be on autopilot. This is where I'm at today. My day's been crazy. My day is gone haywire. And rah! act wisely. Here's the second thing we see. He tells us here, notice now, your awareness of the times should guide you not to waste it. Now, let me just stop for a moment. When we see that, redeeming the time, well, that sounds like I'm supposed to make an effort with every moment in what I do. Can I be honest with you? The context of what he's talking about here is your interaction with other people. Don't waste your interaction with other people. Well, you mean I'm supposed to share the gospel every time I talk to anybody? Everybody? No, no, that's not what he's talking about here. He's talking about how you're acting with them, that you act wisely with them, and you make the most of acting wisely with them because you've got to redeem, redeem the time. You're aware of the situation and the days that you're in. So, okay, listen, I'm all for that. I hear people, I say it myself. We're in the last days. Jesus is coming. Okay, 
So don't lay back in your lazy boy, kick your feet up and wait for it to show up. How are you acting towards other people because the time is short? Do you understand? Are you redeeming the time in how you act with other people? Because you are in relationships with other people and you know that some of them need to have Jesus, right? So be wise in how you act and redeem the time. Be outward focused. Well, they, they don't really care. They, they don't seem to be really focused on me. It isn't about you. Quit thinking about you. When you're worried about whether or not they're thinking about you, you're inward focus. It's not about you. Folks, it's not about George. It's not about you. It's about God. It's about them knowing Jesus. Did you understand? So your awareness of the time should guide you not to waste it. Don't waste your time with people. It's so easy to do that, isn't it? Be wise. Because here, here's the third thing I want you to see. Verse 6. You need to be gracious in how you talk so that you are ready to share. Man, that is so missing today. Look at what he says. I, I mean, he says it better than George can. Here's what he says. Let your speech always be with grace. Can I give you a definition of what grace is? It's unmeritorious service. That's the theological definition. What it is, it's getting what you don't deserve. So when you talk to someone, even if they don't deserve it, you're gracious with them. Now it says, with salt. What does that mean? With purity and understanding. But you're going to be gracious with them. See, you know what? Here's the thing. When I look at TV, Christians are not, when I see them and all of their anger and stuff, they're not coming across as gracious, are they? Well, you don't believe what's going on. Look, I can believe anything. They don't know Jesus. Unsaved people don't know how to live right. And they can't live right until they know who? Jesus. So why am I expecting them to live like Jesus if they don't know him? So be gracious. Because why? You're hoping that they come to know who, folks? Jesus. So, you, so you, you are gracious with others. Why? So that you're ready to share what with them? About Jesus. About what you believe in. And about your faith. You're not sharing with them about a church. You're not sharing with them about a moral position. You're not sharing with them about anything. You're sharing with them about Jesus Christ and who he is. And the relationship that he wants to have with them. And that he will make them new. He gives them hope in the midst of their darkness. Can I be honest with you? A lot of what's going on in our culture right now is that our culture doesn't have hope. So we're angry. And what needs to happen is, is the people who have the hope hopefully your hope is Jesus, need to live in such a way and communicate in such a way that they see the hope and they'll say, yeah, I want that. I want that. So that they can have it. 
Do you see what we're saying? We need to be focused in our living. Now, how do I do it? You've got to have both. What do you mean you've got to have both? Well, you've got to have the upward. What that is so that you have the connection with God. You have the connection with him. You're praying. You're alert. And with that, you sense his love. He fills you with his love. And then you interact with others. And they're connected. How do you know they're connected? I can tell you right now. Don't tell me you love Jesus if you're mean to people. It's not possible. If you know Jesus and you've experienced his grace and you interact with him in that grace, then you're going to be what towards others? Gracious. If you experience the flow of love from him towards you because you have that relationship, then you're going to be what towards others? Loving. Isn't it interesting? Scripture says love covers a multitude of sins. Well, I, I can't do that. I, that's good that Jesus does that for me. Yeah, I know. In and of ourselves, we can't do it. But guess who lives within us to help us to do it? The Spirit of God. The Spirit of God. So here we are, we're called to have a focused life, focused upward and outward, not inward. We don't have a problem being focused inward. Can I be honest with you? We don't need to have a Bible study. How do I get focused inward? That just comes naturally. But you need to be focused upward and outward. So here's what I want you to see, the final point. I've been making this for several weeks, and there's a reason I've been making this for several weeks, and that is it's got to take a decision from you to get serious about your walk with Jesus. So here's the thing. You have to decide to get serious about your relationship with Jesus. That's where it starts. Listen, you say, okay, all right, I'm going to be gracious. I'm going to be gracious today. I'm going to be gracious. I'm going to be, I'm going to be thinking about how I interact with other people. But if you don't have that relationship with Jesus, it's going nowhere. It will only last as long as when you leave the parking lot here and you're cruising down the road and somebody cuts you off, I can almost guarantee you, especially if they almost run you off the road, you don't want to be gracious. Been there, done that. Remember years ago, <laughs> Gloria and I were just newly married. We were going to travel to Canada to either visit or get ready for this new church. We left the farm. We made the corner on the road, and, and it's a windy road. And here we are. We're in our car. We're getting ready for the six-hour journey, and we're going up the road. Here comes this truck. And, and, and you know how those, the roads are in, in, in a township and so forth. They're really narrow. So here's this truck. He's in the middle of the road. I got nothing to do but go into the ditch. In the ditch. We just started our trip. What in the world's going on? Why is that guy in the middle of the road? I am mad. You would be too. So he gets out and I'm looking. And we're, we're, we're only a half a mile from the farm. So I thought, okay, we'll, we'll just go get the tractor and pull it out. And the guy says, all right, I'll drive you down there. And I'm ready to tell him something because he's the one who run me off the road. And Lori knew who this guy was. So I get in a truck with him and I'm 
just getting ready to give him my mind. And he says, you're Lori's husband, aren't you? I said, yeah. You're the preacher. I said, yeah. That deflated me. Did you understand? You've been there. I've been there. But here's the thing. All it takes is just one event and you lose it. Why? Because you're doing it on your own. But listen, if you have that relationship and you're serious about that relationship, he gives you a thick skin. And even in the most terrible situations, you learn to be gracious. But you got to be serious about your relationship with Christ. You've got to be serious. Let me pray for you.